0: This is actually the last of this series. Um, next week, we're gonna be starting a series called The Basics, and we're gonna be starting out with with some vision. We're gonna, uh, as promised, I, I'd been working on the, the vision for the church. Um, up until this time, I'd asked for prayer and hope that you've been diligent in prayer, and um, we've talked um, with a number of people in, in the church um, and had some good com- conversations. Um, and I've I've learned some things about myself, and I've learned um, to really, really listen to um, those things that we need to um, clarify in that. And I want to share that with you um, next week. So please, um, please be here so you can hear that. You can um, we'll uh, we'll have a copy for you to take home with you to um, continue praying for. Um, and I'm um, just excited for that. It's, it's observing where we've already been and who you are, but it's projecting into the future um, where we're going. And I think that's very exciting for us. Yes, it's a while coming, but I think that it, it needed to be a little bit of time before we could say that and direct that. Um, because once you start in a direction, you want to be able to keep moving, right? Right. Um, so I, I'm hoping and praying this is something we can all say yes and amen to, uh, and go forward in um, together. I know that with vision there comes change. Change can be painful. Change can be um, can be frightening. Um, but I have to say that this church, on a whole, deals with change a lot better than a majority of the churches that I've been involved with. And I'm not just talking about as a pastor. I'm talking about churches I've been involved with my whole life. Um, This is a a testament to our history, testament to Pastor Mike. It's a testament to um, where we've been being a good foundation for where we're going. Um, I think that as far as, um, you know, there's some things that we want to see. We want to see, there's a, a, a chunk of, of the generation that's kind of missing in our church, those, those young families. Um, but you know what? We want to see the whole generation represented. So it's not just trying to get just those people to come, okay? Um, but there's a sense that um, in churches that do have the whole generations, um, the age group that's probably most represented here at other churches kind of end up sitting on their hands a little bit because... Um, in some of those churches, the younger generation is kind of raised up and, oh, you guys just sit down. And I think that there's a little bit of a, um, for some of those in that generation, in your generation, um, there's a little bit of like, okay, I'll just sit over here. And I don't see that here. I see a group of people that wanna be mobilized on God's path. They wanna be able to step into you guys want to be able to step into what God has for this church, Amen. And and there's an excitement there watching watching the gentlemen that built these stairs out here. Which aren't those awesome out there? Come on, let's just thank them. The guys keep telling me I need to um, throw out throw Joe Joe under the bus because he was just such a great help. But the thing is, is I I I've, I I had my daughter this week with Kelly gone, and I was in and out. And watching everybody um, that was involved with this pro- uh, project. Uh, I mean, Charlie spent a lot of times in knee pads, sitting there doing screws, and uh, Gary, uh, I mean, a, a lot of you guys in here, um, some of you that are not here, so maybe they're a little sore from <laughs> the construction work. We'll pray for them. <laughs> Dear Lord, heal and cover their afflictions. I know Kyle was doing this while sick with this, this cold that I've just now been coming through. Um, God, pray for his healing as well. Um, But I'm so thankful watching this because I I just felt like I was more in the way sometimes. I was just like, I'm gonna, I'll go get my kid, okay. Uh, Because these guys were, I mean, you could have um, taken some 20-year-olds and given them a run for their money Praise God, because you guys just, you, the talent that's in the, in built into that, and we're probably going to do a little bit of a celebration. I think maybe we do like a block, block party. Uh, uh, Charlie made a suggestion about doing a block party for the community and celebrating opening some stairs. Why not? Why not? You know? So be watching for that. Uh, be coming down to talk to some people that, that are in our community. You know, maybe we'll invite like the... The tattoo parlor and the the wrecking yard, and have all their their people come, and we'll have some some burgers, some sort of barbecue, right? That work? That work? Um, all of these kind of things, like the vision, the the excitement, the the things being done, all of that. It's, it it feels like something's moving, right? This is this is this last series. Uh, last of the series. Uh, the best way to cap this off is to talk about being a supernatural church. That's the title today. A supernatural church. Not just a natural church. That means a, a church just about the natural realm. But a supernatural church is going to be one that's, that's going to be waiting and listening um, to the Lord. Waiting on where the Spirit is going to direct us. And, and it's going to be a church that's going to be pretty exciting to be a part of. Um, this is the kind of church I think that we want to be. Um, and I'm not saying that we aren't already that. It's just we want to continue to be that. Amen? Um, a church that's excited about the things of the spirit, a church that's that's ready to jump up and share um, scripture, a word that they were in, people were inspired about um, during worship, being able to share a, a, a word uh, uh, of knowledge or a, or a prophecy um, in in our services. Um, I, I share a tongue. Oh, I I didn't say that out loud, did I? Um, sorry, my my. Dry sense of humor again. I I, I really believe that all the things that that, um, you see in that first century church can be a part of our church. They are a part of our church. Amen? Amen. To be able to go into our our prayer closet and be able to just feel like you're just crying out so much in such a depth that you you don't even have words for it. And so your spirit's communing with the Holy Spirit and you just, sometimes you can't even say anything supernatural church. The big idea this morning is the Spirit empowers individuals. The Spirit empowers the church. Both of these are true. The Spirit empowers individuals. In the Old Testament, that's what it, it primarily was. That there were individuals, pretty, pretty substantial individuals that were empowered by the Holy Spirit for a certain season or a certain time or a certain, a certain thing to happen. Um, but when the Holy Spirit was poured out on, on uh, that, that group of knuckleheads <laughs> up in the upper room, that the Holy Spirit was poured out to empower the church, to start the church, and to empower individuals that were not these ones that, that maybe um, we would read about in Scripture. It's to empower everyone in the church. Everyone can receive that. Are you hearing me? So as we go into this, um, we're going we're to pray for God's revelation this morning um, as we step in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for, for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that you've poured out on the church. God, we just pray that you would empower us as a church. Um, you may have empowered us as individuals, but, or maybe not, but God, you can empower us as individuals and as a church um, to be mobilized on your behalf. And we just pray, God, that you would inspire us this morning. You would, you would speak to us this morning through your word. In Jesus' name, Amen. Um, now, in First Kings, we have this story in in um, chapter eighteen, talking about um, Elijah and these these priests of Baal. Um, uh, this is the um, there was all these priests. There's like a couple hundred guys that are that are like getting to this point of like. Um, let me back up. Elijah makes this challenge, and he's kind of does this this like bravado challenge, like, "You guys go ahead and try to try to um, call down fire from y- your god ball, you know." And 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 you know what? I'm gonna make it really easy for you. You know, use the driest wood. Go for it. You guys go first, and you've got all your you know everybody. So do you just go ahead, and, and they're going at it for, for uh, the day, and they're, they're cutting themselves, they're, they're crying out to, uh, to Baal, they're, they're crying out for this, this sacrifice that's been cut and put on wood to be burned, and nothing happens, nothing happens, and you've got Elijah over there, he's like a, he's like a heckler, he's like, Hey, maybe maybe he went to the bathroom, you know? (laughs) Maybe he went to the store. I mean, he's just like egging them on and they're just getting more frenetic with this and more like, "Ah, ah, bleed, come on, start. It's like, how how does blood start a fire? Um, But then we see um, Elijah kind of still heckling a little bit like, is that it? Is that all he got? Okay. They kind of... Just goes over to the people of God and says, hey, you guys, let's just pray that God will consume this, you know. And they, they'd already prepared it. And the way they'd prepared it is they went and they, they put wood. And he's probably like, hey, go get the greenest stuff you can find. Maybe just cut down some stuff that's green. Um, leave the branches on because, you know, let's just make it totally impossible. Maybe even soak it. Oh, you know what? Let's go get a whole bunch of jars of water. Um, and think about the jars that, like Jesus changed the water into wine. There were those big amphoras or amph- amphoras. Jars. Um. <laughs> and he takes these huge jars, and he has them go and pour it on it. Just drench the wood and everything, and there's like a trench that they put around it, so the water's going down into the trench. And he's like, yeah, I'll do that again. About like, yeah, you know, eight times. I don't know. It's probably not that many, but probably. I mean, it's just overflowing, pouring it out. He, I mean, he's egging these guys on even with this. They're like, Really? We like sat there and we're cutting ourselves and come on. And, and they just pray and fire falls. Let's, let's read this. Uh, verse uh, 33, 18. You ever notice when, when the, the print starts getting a little smaller? <laughs> Pardon me. I wear my contacts, and I can't quite see my Bible. What is that? Anti-Bible contacts. What is that? They're coming out. Out. Um, He piled the wood on the altar. He cut the bull into pieces. He laid pieces um, on on the wood, and then he said, Fill four large jars with water. Pour the water over the offering and the wood. We've said that. After they had done this, he said, Do the same thing again. And when they were finished, he said, Now do it the third time. I mean... You could just say, do it again, but he's like, sing it loudly and do it a third time. He wants these guys to hear this, right? Hear what he is having them do. Um, And the water ran over the altar and even it filled up the trench. Um, At the usual time for the offering, the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command, O Lord. Answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull and the wood and the stones and the dust and it even licked up the water in the trench. Wow, come on, can I go, wow, okay. I can't be the only one excited in here, come on. Whoa, <laughs> I can always count on Ron. <laughs> I love you, man. Uh, a supernatural church. This was a supernatural individual, Yes a supernatural church can do these kind of things. God is going to defend his word. YouTube can keep doing this whole Mandela thing and God's going to, he's going to redeem it. Our first point is that a supernatural church worships and fire falls. A supernatural church worships, and the fire of heaven falls. When the church prays and worships, it and goes into a place of unity. Uh, not just a not not this unity with the world. This like happy yippee dippy hippie dippy kind of unity. We're talking about unified in the word, unified with the Lord, and unified with other believers in that. Does that make sense? Uh, the Lord's fire will fall. Now, I've heard some, some, uh, some younger churches that talk about the fire falling. Oh, that was just fire. And I think it kind of, it kind of cheapens that fire it cheapens what that fire means because if everything I read in the scriptures, when fire falls, things get burned. When fire falls, things are changed in the natural realm and in the supernatural. This, this fire falling can't just be like a, you know, a cool little, little like, oh, that's fire, that's lit. I can't even understand that one. I know that I'm feeling like Josiah's laughing over here. But have you have you heard that? You know, kids saying, "Hey, that's so lit." You're just like, "All right." (laughs) Now I know what my parents were talking about. Okay. (laughs) Um, What does the Lord's fire bring? In Galatians 5, verses 22 through 23, it says that, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. These are some of the things that are produced by fire. It sounds all hippy-dippy. I don't even know if that's a term. Um, It sounds kind of like that... lovely feeling, kind of warm, fuzzy kind of thing, but the way that love comes about, the way that, the, the, let's go right to the, the, the heart of the matter. Patience. Does patience come, uh, come really easily to us? Does patience come just with a light feeling? Do, do people warn you not to pray for patience? Has anybody done that? Has anybody said that to somebody? Don't pray for patience. You're gonna get an opportunity, See, that's the thing is when the fire falls in our lives, um, we, can't, we can't let it be cheapened. We can't let it be. Um, when we worship, we get to a place where, yes, those things are stripped away from us, burned away, that brings out just these things the fruit. And this is why the second point is the supernatural church lives the fruit of the Spirit. When we are in disobedience with God, it is not when we are, are producing the gifts of the Spirit. When we're in disobedience, I mean, we're not producing love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. We're not, we're not producing those things if we are against God. What are we producing then? What are the things that we produce in that? Sin. <laughs> okay, good, good, uh, good way to boil it down to... So biblical right there. Uh, but if you think about it, what's the opposite of all the, the gifts of the Spirit? There are things like animosity, discontent, discord, frustration, selfishness, oh, meanness, disloyalty, hardness, disregard, impatience. burns doesn't it oh yeah it gets get anybody else feeling like ah that's me i i i have had those things let me read those um uh, those fruits of the spirit in our lives one more time love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control what fruit are you needing in your life today this is a question I had a, a pastor would ask us on staff. What fruit do you need to be prayed for today? And it's something where I've, it causes me at times to wake up in the morning and go, what do I need today? What, what fruit do I need, Lord? And you pray in that way. If you're a really loving person, then it may not be love. It may be kindness. It may be patience and it's difficult to pray those things, but when we are in a, a state of that supernatural church, we are moving in those fruits. We are living out those fruits into people's lives, not just to our own lives. You know, I, I know that holiness is a set-apartness. Our holiness does not depend on anyone else but God. Amen? But living out the gifts of the Spirit needs other people. It doesn't necessarily need them to have those fruits in us, that's coming from the Holy Spirit, but it, there's a need of them because we need to live out those things. We can't just live those out in a vacuum. You can't be patient. Well, you can be patient by yourself, but, but if, you're, if you're really operating in those gifts, it's really being patient with people that may not understand. Being patient with your kids. I've been a single dad this week. (laughs) Praise Jesus for patience. That's the one I've been praying for every single day. She's such a good girl though. She's makes me um, just humbles me. Um, And these gifts really do. They take you to a place of humility. If you're really letting God's fire fall and you're living out those fruits of the Spirit. You, you really are. You're brought to a place of humility. Um, uh, James five seventeen um, talks about how Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Number three. A supernatural church prays and rain stops. A supernatural church will pray and a hurricane will move. If it's God's will and we're praying and we're following after God and we're that supernatural church, people's lives are changed. It's always gonna start. In those concentric circles out: Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the world. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the world. It can almost be like a chant in our prayers. This chant of God, I, I just pray for my community. I pray for my neighbors across the street. I pray for for the, the person that's making my coffee at, at, at Dutch Brothers or wherever. That was not a plug for Dutch Brothers, by the way. I just there's just that sense that we we start with that and we start being that supernatural church expecting that God will move. I said something about expectant hope. Expectant hope is the first step. Fearless hope, a fearless faith is gonna take you the next step. It's going to take you to that place where you're fearlessly asking somebody that you, you don't even know but you've seen a number of times. Maybe you're a cash register, uh, a cash, cashier at a at grocery store. You notice that they're a bit teary about something. You go, hey, are you okay? Is there anything I can pray for you? If you haven't, if you haven't done this, it's terrifying when you do it for the first time because you, you don't want to be rejected. That's human nature. We, do, we don't want to be rejected but you know what? Jesus was rejected for us. He was rejected on our behalf. He's already done it. So all we have to do is just be like, hey, seems like you're hurting. Can I pray for you? Nine times out of ten, people are going to be like, yeah, sure. And they may not be able to do it right there, but you just step off and maybe you're praying for them and you come up and just say, hey, I prayed for you. Love you. God loves you. And you walk off. We don't want to we don't want to crush their time, obviously. But we want to crush the work of the enemy in their lives. A supernatural church will pray and the rain stops. Rain stopping, sun standing still. This is what happened when, when, you, when you see supernatural people in the Old Testament. The sun stood still. <coughs> so that the people of Israel could finish a battle and finish it Completely. That was a prayer of one godly man. Imagine what a church can do. Storms are calmed. <coughs> Jesus just speaks and it calms it. We can pray it. And, and I mean, because what is it? Jesus said that, that these things and greater you will do. And he's talking to the disciples, I know, but that's, he's talking to the, the budding of the church. He's talking about that, that, that new, fresh church that was starting. He's saying, you can do these same things. When the Holy Spirit comes on the church, you will be able to do these same things. People are healed. Has anybody been healed in a church service? In here? No? Yeah? Okay, a few. Anybody need to be healed? Even if it's just a derangement of our minds, sometimes we need to be healed um, from our thinking. You've heard that whole phrase, stinking thinking? Uh, there's no stinking thinking in the church. Come on. This is, um, this is what a supernatural church is called to be. Supernatural church is called to be the ones that are, that are praying for the supernatural things to happen, praying for the, the sick to be healed praying to be able to speak a word into somebody's life, praying to see someone else saved, but not just saved, saved, spirit baptized, implanted into that supernatural church to go out and pray for people to be saved. Spirit filled, baptized, sent out, well, planted in a church, sent out. Um, It's a constant Cycle. When that cycle is going, we are a supernatural church. Yes, there are supernatural things that will happen in our midst if that cycle is not necessarily happening. But I'll tell you what, the excitement, that encouragement for the believer to see other people coming to the Lord, I'll tell you what it does to your walk is amazing. Amazing. When you see people baptized, and I, I don't know, we're going we're gonna to have to do something. We're gonna, you know, we'll get some, some uh, trough or, or <laughs> cloth a tub. I don't know. We'll come up with something. You know. Because if we have a baptism, even if it's one, your life will be changed. Have you ever watched a, a baptism and, and just, just the tears start flowing down your eyes? Well, we have to change that. Does anybody in here need to be baptized? Is there, a River out there? there is. It's pretty cold. It's pretty cold. I'll have to jump in with you. And if I can jump in, I, I think anybody. Yeah, because <laughs> we could do that. Not midwinter. <laughs> well, maybe it'd be like a polar bear club. You know, we'll go jump in really. The name of the father, holy spirit come back out. Because <laughs> that's how quick I'd have to get, I'd be like running on the water to get back. <laughs> yeah, well there, there you go. Yeah, you've got a swimming pool too. So I, I didn't have anybody answered. Does anybody, anybody in here need to be baptized? Okay, so that right there is showing, is our cycle moving? Is our cycle moving? It's not necessarily moving right now. And that's okay. I mean, there's, there's parts of the process that are happening where you're talking to people in the community. You, you're probably, you probably have people you disciple with. But in the church, to show that we are in that, that supernatural... We, we may be a group of supernatural individuals, and I'm not discounting that. To be a supernatural church, that cycle has to be moving. We have to see people saved. We have to see people coming into our midst... that. That may not look like us, might not sound like us. That are getting baptized. That are getting like excited to like, oh, I can sign up for for to to teach the kids. That's me. I'll do that. Because you know what'll happen is they'll excite the rest of us. Won't it? You'll be like, uh, can I sign up too? <laughs> Yeah, well, and there's, there's a process there because I have got to get them saved first or saved and I mean, it's concurrent or separate. We'll get into that, but seeing people coming in, I agree, Ron, we, we, you know, seeing people spirit-filled, but I think that that's part of that cycle. We get them into the church. We, we um, you know, invite people. Right now, we've been bringing in to our midst people that might not have been here for a while, um, which is awesome. You know, God loves, uh, calls it the lost sheep, and I'm not saying that people are lost necessarily. They might have been at another church, and they're coming back to this fellowship because they love the people here. There's a part of that cycle that has to start, and then after that, when we start bringing other people in, bringing in your, your kids and your grandkids, bringing in people like the cashier at your grocery store, or, you know, that cycle continues. To build and build. And you know what? It shouldn't be something we're afraid of because God is going before us. Those relationships where all of a sudden we feel it right in our spirit, we're just feeling like, I need to say something to this person. I need to say something to them. Understand that don't go to that excuse that that we see in the church um, so many times. People are like, you know what? If if I don't say something, the Holy Spirit's going to bring somebody else along to say something to them. That that may be true for that person to to receive the Lord. There there is most likely going to be so so many people that are going to speak into their lives. But there is a work that God has created for you individually to do. You look, you know, Ephesians 2.10 talks about we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he has prepared in advance for us to do. And I believe there are certain things that if we don't do them, they will not be done the same way. And you will miss out. So that's, that's not to make you feel guilty, not to give you a guilt trip or anything like that. But it is to to give you a little bit of a weight to those moments where your spirit says, I need to speak to this person. Because there's no guarantee in this life. And you may be the last person to talk to that person on earth. And that's the weight we should carry when we feel that. When we feel like, oh, I should say something. No, somebody else will talk to him. How do we know? We don't know if they might get in the car and get out and get in a car accident or we don't know that they, 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 have a, a, you know, they have pancreatic cancer and they've got like months. Some people can look like they're doing great. I just found out this last week that one of our professors from my master's program, last week passed away and I had some seriously awesome debates with this lady, <laughs> like almost being that ornery, um student. Some of the teachers in here, you know those honorary students. We, we mean it, we mean it in all uh, respect, because I had some really good, uh, but she passed away, and I didn't even know that she had cancer. So just understand uh, that there's some things that you're prepared to do, that God has prepared for you to do, and you may be that last voice. I think we can say, yeah, there's going to be voices in people's lives. But if, if you start to think, could I be that last voice? It's going to put a different weight on it, isn't it? His peop- uh, Jesus said to, uh, to the disciples that um, they would not only do the same things that he did, but greater things. And as a church, this promises to his people that when our hearts are, um, are in alignment with his heart, and seeking to follow his will, we can pray and rain will stop. Acts 242 three forty seven says um, this, all the, the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to the sharing of meals, um, including the Lord's Supper, um, to, and to prayer, and a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had, I'm gonna read that part again. And and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day, met in homes for um, the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added, uh, to their fellowship, those who were being saved. Number four, our final point, is the supernatural church lives the life and people are saved. We were called the people of the way, right? Or we called ourselves the people of the way. Being called a Christian wasn't even really um, Christians. We, we didn't call ourselves Christians. The first century church, they, they called themselves people of the way or believers, we say Jesus people, right, and I think if we really look at it and we say, you know, we're people of the way, this is, a, this is something that is, that is replicated into people's lives. If we're living in the way, then other people are going to see that and want to be a part of that and want to say, hey, wh- what is it that you're doing differently? What is this way you're all a part, uh, a part of? And then they're going to get to know that and become a part of that, and it's going to continue. Um. Many times I've looked at this section um, and, and, uh, for the things that we do as a church. I've looked at, like, okay, we should, we should have the, the Lord's Supper, and that's in there. Um, yet I missed two things. I missed two things that um, I just have to admit this morning, and I found this last time uh, this last week, and um, they had a oneness um, or a unity that extended to all within the church. There was a oneness. Um, And again, not not this like esoteric kind of thing. It's a oneness that came from really being in each other's lives and understanding there's things that you're going to disagree with. And, you know, people have their own individual theologies that you kind of like, okay, but I love you. And we're family. And that family is, is the closest term that we can get to that oneness. I don't think it entirely encapsulates what, what these people were doing. It wasn't like communism. I mean, it wasn't like a commune. You know, they weren't living on the same property and they weren't selling all their things and, and distributing them like some socialist kind of like ideal. They were living life so closely together that they were all being changed and they were seeing people, wow, you're not eating? come on. And you, and, and you bring that, that brother or sister along and you feed them and you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think sometimes people look at it and go, oh, c- communism. Or a commune. Go live together and have a, a co-op garden and all that kind of stuff. It's not the same. But it, I think it's like anything in this world. I mean, any po- politic that we see is, is broken compared to the politic that is the eternal. Make sense? And the second thing was this, and I'm getting close to letting you go. I really am. They enjoyed the goodwill or favor of those outside the church. Because it says that they would enjoyed the goodwill of all the people. I don't think they would say all the people. They would say they enjoyed the goodwill of all the church, Right? Or all of those that were with them. It says that they enjoyed the goodwill of all the people. And then goes on to say how there were people being added to their fellowship. Some say daily. Those that are being saved. Oneness internally. Favor externally. That's where we start to get that cycle. Because we're we're worshiping God and singing songs as believers and people are coming in and going, wow, I want to be a part of this. I mean, we've we've had some movements like the seeker-sensitive movement where it's like, let's change the music so it's just like what the people that are coming in that don't even know who God is will sing. Right? But yet it says in the Word that people will come in and the people that, that don't understand the cross, they'll see it as foolishness. But those that'll see it, um, that, that understand it, or it's somewhere down in their spirit are going, this makes sense to me. They want to be a part of it. And they're going to ask questions and they're going to say kind of dumb things at first or ask those questions that they may say, hey, this is kind of a stupid question, but and there's no stupid questions, Right? <laughs> There's just questions that aren't asked. Those are the stupid questions. So, allowing for that. um, Unity and goodwill is important um, to the Lord, but uh, both of these um, take effort. It takes stepping outside of ourselves and connecting with other people, and you can do it. You are a beautiful, beautiful people. You can do this. You can welcome in, but you can also go out and get... Jesus said, he said to the disciples, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Fishing takes time. Fishing takes effort. I know. I I usually fish. (laughs) Don't catch. (laughs) A lot of fishing. But that's how it it probably would be. It's like, I mean, we can get frustrated and we can try a couple times and then nothing happens. And so we throw up our hands and we're done fishing. (laughs) We're going to go hiking. Um... But I'll tell you what, if we continue to press in and continue to press in where the Lord is stepping us out to, there's a point where you're gonna make a connection with somebody, cross-generational, crossed ethnic boundaries, crossed all of the boundaries that we have in our culture, right? (coughs) You're gonna make a connection with somebody and they're gonna wanna know what it is in you and you'll be able to share it with them or at least bring them to somebody that can Bring them to the small group. doesn't even have to be at the church. Because the small group is doing what Acts 2.42 is talking about. They were in eating meals in each other's homes. You guys are going to have soup. Some of you. Pretty awesome, right? Because you get food in front of you and everything breaks down and, you know, pushes away the walls. And and now I'm babbling. Um, why Why don't we stand together? Put your things aside.